Welcome to Batyard's Finest, bringing you the finest of Batman and Superman in pop culture. From Metropolis, this is Josh from Batyard Productions. And this is Connor, also from Batyard Productions. Hi, how you doing, Connor? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is uh, your maybe third, fourth appearance yeah, on the show. It's so. been some time. So it's, it's been some time. It's been a while. No! Uh, so. <laughs> Copyright strike. Cancel! Uh, no, it, it's okay. I sing it too awfully bad that no one oh, will find hey, it. What? <laughs> you got the voice of an angel. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's not really a good song, so it's okay. <laughs> that's the point. Um, so, with everything going on i don't really know i don't really have any dc news per se i have one little tidbit i don't know do you have anything before we kind of get into the main event uh no yeah no, i don't have any so the, to break. the only thing i have is i know there's like rumors that robert pattinson is like refusing to work out as the batman oh i've heard about this yeah he wants to set a precedent yeah i don't really know what's going on with that i don't know too much about it i don't he know wants if it's to be the everyman batman it, it, it'd be kind of like a callback to like the adam west sort of oh he's just a normal guy but mm -hmm. he kind of he fight good sort of thing right i mean yeah i i i, I had a I just thought it was just speculation, like people it just make be. it, just yeah. elevating it to like this whole, you know, publicity stunt kind of thing. Maybe. But I um, know Robert Pattinson has taken some hard stances about, uh, you know, the the way male model uh, male actors are uh, depicted in Hollywood. You know, sort of like a, a fitness gate sort of thing. It's never been anything like large, you know. But I remember he did a photo shoot a while back, and he was like, "Yeah, I've got kind of, I kind of got a gut. That's what's up." Oh, here I am. I mean, it's like the Kira Knightley. Uh, these are my breasts. Uh, photo shoot. If you remember that one, that's not I what she sounds like. Don't but, remember that. <laughs> but she did a similar thing, and you know, I'm sure it's fine and everything. You know, I, but to be fair, does not seem to fit with the mood of that trailer at all. I'm expecting there's like, a trailer. Well, I mean, you know, the teaser. Whatever. Oh, you mean like all the? Yeah, like that's the fair. I, oh, yeah, there yeah, was a teaser. Reveal, I forgot yeah. about that. That's fair. Calling it a trailer reveal. is not fair. It was yeah, not a trailer. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the teaser I almost forgot it even existed because it was just literally like shows his costume, and I didn't think it looked that great. Yeah. But I'm hoping it's a year one Batman. Yeah. But that's just besides the point. I think Batman should at least be a fit individual yeah. you know I mean, so you should at least keep in shape yeah, you know. and i have seen images of him like running you know at least like it seems like yeah, within the yeah. time frame he's running and like kind of keeping shape yeah, that yeah. way i'm sure he's not so, saying like i'm just gonna be a yeah, gross slob and just and just eat fucking mcdonald's <laughs> and shit you know Super Swear to me. so i i i have nothing batman doesn't need to be this big yeah no he doesn't group. have to be the rock as long as he's fit and well shaped yeah, like bruce yeah. lee wasn't the biggest guy but look him. Oh he's yeah, great. no, he's a he's a powerhouse that man. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't see anything. And it makes really a lot more sense. Wrong with it. It I makes mean, a lot more sense. I, Batman would be agile. He would be uh, acrobatic. Yeah, I, I mean, he will definitely. He should be fit, you know. But I don't see anything wrong with whatever statement was going on. I think it's just people kind of elevating it. You know, yeah, this whole thing. Clickbait. You gotta. You gotta be salacious. No, probably, I'm sure the title of this will be Robert Pattinson Conspiracy Also Things. Yeah, it could have just been like one-off hand comment, like, oh. Yeah, wow. I'm sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't and know. Soul that, is Hollywood, we, that's how it goes. Yeah, so, I don't know, that's really all I have to say about that, you know, like. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, so. Um, well, there is another piece of DC oh, uh, news we could talk about. Uh, 
I, I know you. We wanted to save this for uh, another recording. We talked about this, mm-hmm. but uh, Dark Apocalypse War mm. uh, from the uh, is the the final chapter in this uh, run of the animated Justice League series, <clears throat> and apparently they're going out with a bang. I've only I've seen a little bit of BTS from them and some uh, a couple of scattered clips on YouTube, but uh, they really went all out on this one, balls to the walls. It got a it got an R rating. An animated Justice League film with an R rating. Yeah, the only other um, DC animated feature I could think of that got an R rating is The Killing Joke and maybe oh, yeah. um, The Dark Knight Returns. I think that one, that oh, must see, that, that one pretty, it must have. Those were all like pretty soft R's, you know. There was nothing yeah. too like horrible or salacious on the screen. There yeah, was some, like the reference, you know, there's some scary themes and all that, some bad implications. But this apparently is for like just in-your-face gore and brutality. The co-director was uh, toting that in one of the uh, one of the behind-the-scenes interviews. He's like, this is going to be gory. This is going to be gross. Yeah, I've seen, like, some still images. War. Like, hopefully they're not too spoilery. Like, it was just going through, like, my Facebook feed, and I yeah, just sure. see the images. I'm like, I don't really want to see this, but, like, from <laughs> no, what no, I've no, seen, yeah, it, no, looks, it looks really graphic. Yeah. I still um, haven't seen it myself. Yeah, but I'm definitely. I. I think I might go out of my way to watch this because I've seen all the other titles. I've seen you seen more. I saw Dark Apocalypse or what was it? Justice League Dark. That's oh, the one with Satana yeah, and John I, Constantine. I, I didn't even. That see was that. very good. I like that one a lot. Is like all the DC like main characters in that? No, film, no, or? it's pretty much just Batman. Oh, okay, that's what that's what it's actually. Seemed yeah, like. that's and I'm I'm not being wholly honest. I haven't seen any of the Teen Titans or the Teen Titans crossover mm-hmm. one, the Teen Titans versus Justice League. I didn't yeah. see that. I haven't either. But I did see, but Superman, Death of Superman, Rise of the Reign of the Superman, that was all part of that, too. So I yeah. we did see those, and we so, talked about so those. So far, I mean, I'm kind of biased with Superman. So far, the Death of Superman was my favorite one. It was Just like good. it was pretty action really packed and everything. Oh, yeah. um, Reign of Superman was okay. I haven't seen most most of the titles. I did read the New 52 comics, which what the most of these movies are based, based on. on they them, kinda yeah. You take, can tell it a lot with their aesthetic. Yeah, they take some liberties with like some storylines, like, um, what was it, Batman Hush? That's not a New oh, 52 storyline. Oh, gosh, story I'm not even touching that one. I heard it was terrible. <laughs> I haven't even finished the comic book. I know uh, we talked previously, me and Mateo, which uh, we did a another review of Superman the Max Fleischer series but um we were we were discussing kind of going through it over over synopsis about Batman Hush the comic book so mm-hmm. hopefully you know that comes out I don't know we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens but um doesn't get lost in the edit yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely um we'll definitely see that one we'll kind of put that in the back burner for the future you know uh, probably probably more recent than um later you know oh yeah um, not like we're doing anything else? No. Quarantine! There's not really too much to do, as um, probably all of you know. <laughs> but, um, Connor, do you have um, any other little DC tidbits? No, that was BS? just off the top of my head. Yeah, that, well, that was pretty good. Um, do, you, yeah, do you have like any BS, BS, like, bullshit about Batman Superman before we get into the main event, or do you just want to dive right in? Superman didn't stop the Warlords... Zack Snyder would... Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing on that. Let's uh, move on. Did you see the man back cameo in Superman? Shut up. <laughs> Not with that voice. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's the main event. The main event is we're going into Batman the Animated Series, yes. Mad as a Hatter, written by Paul Dini. And, um, Connor, I know you're really good at synopsis with everything with storylines. You know, we oh. play a lot of D&D. Yeah, uh, we do do that. Um, and you're always the kind of storyteller kind of revealing what we did in the past. So I was, I was hoping you could kind of recap kind of what this episode is basically about. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. 
So, Batman, Mad as a Hatter, uh, features the story of one Jarvis Teach. Am I saying that Tetch. right? Tetch. Yeah. Jarvis Tetch, a brilliant uh, neuroscientist working for uh, Wayne Enterprises R&D. He's developed a way to tap into the brainwaves of other living creatures uh, via headbands. And uh, he has... Initially, he uh, doesn't reveal this, despite it being having a successful test. Uh, he's a bit apprehensive, but later decides to use it uh, for his own will uh, when he finds that Alice, the, uh, the secretary in his office that he has a little bit of a crush on, friendly girl, uh, is currently uh, has a boyfriend. And she, he's trying to uh, take her out, pick her up in the light of his success. He's got all this confidence. Wants to take this girl out on a date. Turns out she's got a boyfriend, later a fiancé. So, what does a man with mind control powers do? He uses that to his advantage. And uh, Batman eventually sniffs this out. What I think is interesting a lot about this, what I wanted to talk about later, is uh, the part that Bruce Wayne plays in sort of solving the mystery of the Mad Hatter in this one. But uh, then, so Batman, you know, pursues the Mad Hatter and is captive. Uh, and eventually he is led to uh, Wonderland, or Storybook Land, yeah, often, yeah. where they have a Alice in Wonderland-themed final showdown. Uh, of course, at the end of which, Batman prevails, and the Mad Hatter is hauled off to jail. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, you probably are wondering why we're talking about this specific episode in general, because this is our first dive into the Batman the Animated Series. To be honest, I don't really have a real answer for you. Um, <laughs> the real, well, the real answer is we were watching Alice in Wonderland, yeah. the Disney, the Disney, um, feature film and we're just kind of i don't know for some reason we kind of like oh let's watch this you know nerds that we are we found a way to connect it to superheroes and talk about that yeah instead. exactly <laughs> and so now you have to listen to that conversation <laughs> so um connor um this is probably i would say this is up there with one of my favorite batman animated series uh episodes you know and i know it's not a lot of people's favorites like Top tier, but I think it's uh, I think it's pretty solid flick. And how they portray Jarvis Tetch, he's like, uh, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of intimidated. He's timid. You know, he's not really. He's kind of brings in all his personality until like he reveals to Alice that, you know, he is kind of a larger life persona, and she's the only one who kind of sees like more into it between the lines and other characters. Yeah, he says it. Sometimes I think you're the only one who understands me. Yeah. I don't think he was that English, but you know what I'm saying. He was English. Um, he was English. He was Smart guys are English in cartoons. Yeah, she's the only one who kind of gives him some, like, something that kind of grasps on, like, all oh, humanity yeah. isn't, like, The so only terrible. one who doesn't yell at him every time we yeah. see them together on camera. She's she's actually, like, pretty, you know, complimentary. She thinks he's actually a pretty decent person yeah. in the beginning. She's always like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I have two wonderful men in my life, you know. And <laughs> yeah. she's talking about him and her boyfriend, you know, and that's kind of revealed in the beginning that, you know, she has this boyfriend that she's kind of pretty pretty well deep into the relationship with. And it's just, I don't know, the whole dynamic, but, like, he is more of a kind of modest character. Like, you, oh, the, Dad. the whole, the whole dynamic with him, it's kind of shown in his perspective. Like, the whole episode is about him. Like, this is his whole character arc, you know? It, in terms of the action, though, he's a very passive character. We don't see the Mad Hatter throw a single punch that no, entire episode. No, he, he, he gets doesn't... others to do his dirty work. Yeah, which is actually part of his brilliance. He seems he's like, at the center of everything. He seems like such um, like such an intellectual 
person that like he doesn't know how to react to society he kind of lives in his own mm. like fantasy like yeah true like isolated he's got, world. He's, you can tell he's kind of following his own rules rather than social customs or laws yeah he, yeah, yeah he's yeah, more concerned about what he thinks and, and in the beginning um he's kind of using his you know his mind control tech on these like little lab rats and yeah, um, as they do and he's having them serve oh, each yeah. other tea and everything like tea that party. another and wonderful reference to alice in wonder yeah it's it's there's nice little like winks to uh lewis carroll carroll's uh works of alice in wonderland and that's when bruce wayne comes in and he's like oh i i hear you developing this tech that's kind of gonna help uh with brain waves and everything like that kind of kind of enhance brain waves and some reason he tells Bruce Wayne that oh it's not really in like working. Yeah, yeah. He wants to. He's not ready to reveal it at that moment for some reason. Yeah, I, I, the, the, I'm curious to why he's trying to kind of hide his technology from Bruce Wayne. I don't know. It's not really revealed, yeah. but I could, sort of took it when he said like in as he's like conducting this experiment, he says something along the lines of they called me mad for trying this, but by George, I showed them. Maybe he's, I don't know, in my mind, he's sort of saying, like, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, be careful how and when I reveal this. May, at this moment, when I literally just figured out it works, maybe I shouldn't go telling the world about it just yet. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I mean, that that's probably right, because, like, so many people probably put him down, like his boss. Yeah, but it's not exactly spelled out for the viewer. Yeah, and it's, it's a weird workplace relationship he has with his boss, because his boss oh, yeah. is all, like, happy roses and everything like that, when... When Bruce Wayne comes in, she's Money like, Max "Oh, yeah. Around, yeah, yeah." She's like all kind of like more, you know, happy and like kind of gleeful. And um, when once he leaves, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, you, it's going to be your head until yeah. you know if if you the hammer slip, comes down, if you slip up again, you know." So it kind of shows. Retail workers can relate. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. So it kind of <laughs> shows like how he's kind of cornered as a, like his personality why he wouldn't show and shine mm, yeah, like his yeah, exactly. own persona he's had to be very defensive in his career you yeah. can you can see that and that uh, really that kind of lends itself to the character development when you see he's sort of a, a man on the edge a little bit or a man tiptoeing i should say better tiptoeing through his social interaction yeah and i think the only social interaction that's any positivity that he gets in his life is, with, is alice. with with alice she kind of sees him as a charming funny guy she just sees him as like oh like it's just a nice person i could talk to at yeah, work yeah, yeah. Oh, like this nice, harmless dude from the office nice workplace relationship and then once she talks mm. to her boyfriend billy on the phone and that's when she basically is crying down down her in a luck yeah, yeah, and yeah. she realizes that this relationship could not p potentially go in the place that she wants it yeah, to go to she's, and she's not down to clown with like he is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. put it less eloquently yeah basically and um that's when jarvis kind of hears he has this opportunity to kind of sweep her off her feet and bring her like in a night of the town but even then when he hears about the information she he kind of second guesses himself. He's like, "Oh, can I actually do this? Yeah. Like, why what would, would she... a girl like her want with a man like yeah, me? Yeah, why would she fall in love with like a guy like yeah, like guy yeah. like me?" And um, then that's when he realizes that he could use this brainwave technology to kind of manipulate his situation, mm -hmm. and bring yeah, yeah. like the best of you know what he can bring to this uh, potential relationship that he's going to. Mm -hmm. So he basically goes to her apartment. 
uninvited yeah. the day she breaks up with her boyfriend you might want to wait a couple of days you know <laughs> yeah. before you want yeah, to re- you don't rebound yeah. right away no you, know? you give exactly. them some time yeah to and then you kind of you kind of like be that friend to talk go like oh yeah if you need someone to talk to i'm here kind of thing instead of like oh he just goes right up all mad hatter gear yeah. right away and then she's just not that into you, bro. Yeah, but I like this. This is relationship advice for DC villains. It's <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> he to to um to most of people's surprise, she doesn't really take it like that off putting. She lets him down pretty yeah. easy. Well, well she, she tries to. Anyway. Well, she goes she goes out with him. She's like, okay, yeah. I'll get my coat, and then they go out a night of the town. What's the harm? They go through, you know, they have a horse carriage ride through yeah. through the park of uh, Gotham City. That's when the, those two muggers come in, and then they're trying to, you know, mug Mister Hat. Easy money, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing they have those sweatbands on, and then that's yeah, true. That was very lucky. It's a good thing that bad guys love accessories. They're always wearing bandanas, chains, jackets. Yeah, that's when the Mad Hatter slips in one of his like ten six yeah. cards of another nod to the Lewis Carroll mm-hmm. title. Um, Their head sizes. Do you yeah. think those cards are accurate, or is he just grabbing them at random? I think they're all ten ten eight. I'll tell you what, yeah. I can't check his work because I know literally nothing about the system of sizing people's heads. I don't know what eight by ten means for your head. Yeah, I don't know either. I just <laughs> I if just... you're a Hatter, put it in the comments. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you're mad as a Hatter. <laughs> the only the the so the origin of Mad as a hatter, apparently they use. I know this. Yeah, apparently they use mercury as a. Adhesive yes, that is what I had heard for like a fitting or and something. And so like when that. hatters constantly trying on hats, showing people what hats look like on their heads day to day, would eventually succumb to mercury poisoning. Yeah, it which, would ruin their brains. It would basically much. Yeah, basically poison their minds. They got tater brains. They would have like mood swings, constant mood swings, and like I don't know what other psychological damage it has done and physical damage. You know, yeah. it's it, they basically poison themselves. So yeah, that's why yeah. they're. Th- that's why that's where that term comes, comes from, and that's where Lewis Carroll got the inspiration for Matt as a Hatter. So he met um, a hat tailor who was <laughs> apparently inspired a, by it. Was uh, had a long career of. Hatting, hattering, mm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I would um, succumb to mercury poison. Yeah, yeah. So I, there's no indication that Jervis Tetch is poisoned. Clinically by, insane. Well, uh, well, I, well, I was going to say poisoned by mercury. Maybe like, you could make the argument that he's been poisoned by the power that it gives him. He's he's gone insane with his power of manipulation in I mean, a way basically, that's in that's, a way the hats drove him mad in that sense they, they do i mean like i don't know like there's really any real yeah. tangible connection yeah, with physically mercury. physically he probably was not no i don't insane. think so unless you could say like in the lab maybe he comes across a uh, mercury like when he's like testing on mice or whatever <laughs> sure he, he ingests it maybe somehow. mercury yeah <laughs> but if that happens we didn't see it no <laughs> didn't make the final cut. So, Believe it or not, they didn't want to put that in a children's cartoon. <laughs> well, this is this cartoon is very adult for what it's, it it's is. Quite mature. It's you quite know, mature. And it actually goes into kind of... This, this comes like, from an era where cartoons weren't afraid to teach kids lessons. Yeah, and um, most of the villains are, you know, they're re- very relatable. Like, you could relate to this character. Oh, yeah. Like, there's someone you're kind of infatuated with. Guys. So you have, you know, a significant other that you're kind of into, and they kind of turn you down. But he kind of takes it... Ten notches yeah, up, and yeah, like and yeah of course. You know, we've there. all been young, and you know, you know, love struck, and we've all, you know, and someone who's just not into us, and we said, "Damn, if I could just make them feel what I feel for them." 
you know. But I think the lesson that Batman teaches us at the end of this is that no, that's not feasible. Yeah, that's not the world we live in. You can't force somebody to feel the way you feel about them. Well, yeah, then, you can't force someone to reciprocate feelings. Like you said, the whole lesson with Batman, he basically says you're going to turn her into a, a puppet, exactly, a mindless yeah. doll, you know. Yeah. And how how Kevin Conroy announces that it kind of like sting your inner yeah. inner being. Yeah. Like you kind of yeah, if you changed her thoughts, is that still her? Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> it's not at that's all. That's you. That's you, dog. In your perfect <laughs> world, that's just you. So, right when he puts those mind control cards into those two muggers' hats, he's basically go. why don't you do something useful and jump off the bridge? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> they, so, I love it. They so have they classic, like, mindless villain thug voice. Like, mindless crony voice. Uh, every every henchman has them. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever exactly. you say, Mr. Yeah, Toeface. Yeah. You know. Mr. Hat. Yeah, I like how they Mr. call him Mr. Hat. They yeah. even called him Mr. Hat before, <laughs> prior to the bargain. It's the only the name game. they've ever known him. They didn't <laughs> And then they actually go ahead and do it. And mm -hmm. I, I gotta say, um, Mind control. Kevin Conroy's Batman's voice, it sounds much more, I don't know, it sounds more like his actual speaking voice than the Batman voice you kind of, like, it sounds slightly different. And I know most voice actors twitch their, um, yeah. their voice, like the character voice, when the series yeah, kind of yeah, goes sure. on. Like Homer Simpson, that he sounds drastically different. From well, you're more intimately acquainted with Kevin Conroy's voice than I am. Yeah, having spoken to the man himself. Oh yeah, well that's that's true. That was that was definitely um, an interesting conversation I had with him. If you want to see the interview on YouTube, I, you could tell I'm like peeing my pants <laughs> while I'm asking him these questions. But well, we he actually, to Batman. yeah, he actually answered them for me. So you could find them on our YouTube page if you if you want to check that out. But I remember oh. talking to him, and like his base of his voice actually resonated in my body like I felt it <laughs> I was like that close That's to him I was like voice. holy shit yeah. Yeah. so no wonder they hired him but <laughs> I you know I, I just I just noticed like, his voice from this to like Justice League Unlimited per se for a comparison there's definitely like a minor difference it's obviously oh, yeah. Batman yeah, yeah. you know but um it just sounds like he's kind of talking in his natural voice just a little more grittier and he evolves Later on in life, like kind of twitches. A yeah, little yeah, sure. I mean, you know, that bit. happens with a lot of that's, voice that's, actors. That's that's every voice actor. Long-running characters, yeah. you can see the difference in voices. Yeah, but this, season one and season ten. Yeah, this is season one of Batman the Animated Series, which came yeah. out. This came out in nineteen ninety two. Was this one season? I think this was season. Was this season one? I'm pretty sure it's season one. It could be season two, but I'm. I think it's, it's season probably one. A season one because the I know the hatter is like, oh, so this is the infamous Batman, mm -hmm. kind of still early in his career. Yeah, it, um, he's not well acquainted with all the villains yet. Yeah, and I think the character, you know, it's the Mad Hatter. He's definitely relatable and the Had Matter. The Had Matter. <laughs> no, he's de he's definitely a relatable character, and you you kind of no. feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. You know, like I do. he's almost as someone who looks a lot like. Jarvis Teach. <laughs> I, I've been in those shoes. Feels bad, man. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, um, like we said, like Alice is the only one who gave him any mm -hmm. compliments. And I think, yeah, I think, say, like, if it was in an alternate reality and he actually had his personality in out there, world. Um, he could actually, you know, oh, win, sure. win this girl over for sure because she's, like, actually yeah. kind of interested in what he does. And he, he's showing her a night of town. You know, he goes to this fancy restaurant. Yeah. He has, like, these 
these people coming up to him, oh, do you want to get your picture on the wall? You know, that would like be a thing. perfect world, a uh-huh. wonderland, yeah. if you will. Exactly. So he, basically, he's he living, tried to, yeah, he's, he's, trying he's to, yeah. living in his fantasy world. But now everyone else is a slave in his. Fantasy he's world. now he's making his fantasy a reality by controlling all these minds like around him. And I was kind of thinking about this while I was watching the episode. If you had the ability to control people, like control their minds, would you do it? And I was like questioning. If I would try it, and I have no, I can't even answer that. I have no uh, idea. I'd like to believe. <laughs> I'd like to believe I'd be like Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier, <laughs> yeah. like in X Men One, when he talks about like, oh yes, everything I do is for the benefit of the children. But I totally did force a bunch of people to build me this insane underground right. metal labyrinth and the greatest <laughs> stealth bomber in the world. Right. It's like they're fine now, but you know they didn't get paid for it, so whatever. No. I'd probably skirt the line like that, you know? <laughs> but I'd, I'd probably like force people to do stuff for me, but also make them do charitable stuff after. Like you said, you would force people to do stuff for you, <laughs> yeah, which I mean, is exactly yeah. what he did. Yeah, so yeah, he had the ability. Right, so, like, you put any like average person, in you know? His yeah, shoes, you're right. I should he, not have mind was... control powers. I would abuse it because I thought I was just sort of skirting the line. But hearing it out loud, you're right. You're right. It's a slippery slope. I think I would have fallen. Damn. No, I was thinking about that. Give me too, something cause... innocuous, like invisibility or something. Because I think literally every person would. At of course, try you it. try it. You know, yeah. you would at least try it once. Yeah. You know? We've all thought that's the, that's what superheroes and supervillains are for. You know, we fantasize about having these powers. Like, oh man, you know, what if I could heal from any injury, or what if I could fly? Right, yeah. and then you actually Same think of, if you think about it critically, like, and you kind of turn it up, upside down, like you're looking at like this is all Jarvis Tetch's like storyline. This is his perspective. You know, this Batman's barely in this episode. Like, you don't that's really true. follow yeah. Batman throughout this episode. Actually, yeah, that's again well, something I wanted to touch upon is the role that Bruce Wayne. Wayne plays, and he gathers most of the intel on the Mad Hatter as Bruce Wayne from walking around the yeah, office. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You know, Batman's sort of just there to, you know, do the dirty work, get his hands dirty, as Jim Gordon might put it. Yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that. I do like how the Bruce Wayne persona actually benefits him it's as Batman. It's a Bruce Batman. Wayne heavy episode, and there are others like that in the series. Yeah, there definitely are. But this are. is the first one I've watched in a while, and I, I was uh, happy to make note of it. Yeah, no, I, I think um, in the future we'll definitely dive deeper into more Batman. Oh yeah, this wa- rewatching this episode has reinvigorated my love for this show. Yeah, this show's like the the I art st- in years. I think the art style is great and f- fantastic, yeah. you know. They they would draw it on black paper, like yeah. which is pretty ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like who the fuck I, does that? I, su- I I hear that's famously hard to animate. Yeah. I know nothing about animation, yeah. of course. <laughs> that's just what I've heard. I would assume so. Um but yeah, I gotta, I gotta say with the music too, like the mm. Mad Hatter theme by Danny Sh- Elfman, man, what well, a genius! Well, Danny, Elf- Danny Elfman actually did, he did the theme. Oh, he um, doesn't do all the original. No, music. he just uh, did the theme of the Batman animated series. Shirley Walker, who does like all the orchestral pieces uh, you hear throughout the, uh, the series, okay. and I think she's a genius. I don't think she gets enough credit, and mm. uh, I think once you listen to the pieces, you hear the Mad Hatter theme, like you know instantly that's a. Oh Mad yeah, Hatter. the soundtrack to the show is practically so oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's it's like all noir art deco. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of get that vibe. You're like, it's all out. Yeah. Once you hear the Mad Hatter theme, you know it's a Mad Hatter theme. Like the Joker theme, I think it's my uh, Shirley Walker's Joker theme. Like it, the playfulness, the questionable hues it has, it kind of makes you. I don't know. That's one of my favorite Joker. I think it's my favorite Joker theme. It kind of keeps that. that I, it keeps the like idea of oh, remember he's based on a clown. Right. It keeps, exactly. It keeps that ever present in his thing, even when he's like 
you know, shocking somebody but with a buzzer. But it's still creepy at exactly, the same time. Yeah. So, since it's so playful, it's, it's kind of like you know, it's like why clowns are creepy in movies anyway. Because yeah. it's something out of place. You know, this it's uh, like you said, a dark, gritty animation, and all of a sudden, here comes this happy-go-lucky theme. Like, yeah, exactly. But it's all about subverting like your expectations of what this theme would be. You would think it would be kind of like all these weird, strange Joker's like the baddest of the bad. Like yeah, like a Hans Zimmer, like his eerie kind of Joker theme, and this is so playful. It almost that's what makes it creepy. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! You know, like, in the back is, of your mind, you're like, okay, but this dude's skin. about to rip someone's yeah, face this, off. This guy's a psychopath. That's what he does, you know, yeah. then that's what. It, how like, yes, he's a clown, but he's gonna kill it everyone kind, in this room. It kind of subverts what your emotions are feeling at the same time, which kind of makes it more mm-hmm. creepy, you know. But um, I gotta say, she she definitely she definitely needs to get a nod nod to Shirley Walker. Shirley Walker. Shirley Walker. Walker. I'm gonna keep that name in mind. Yeah, I know she did a she did a lot of cinematic films as well. Um, but I, I can't really think of any. But <laughs> <laughs> but they exist. But they, I know they, for sure. they do exist. If you want to check her Happy out. Happy International Women's yeah. Day. <laughs> so I gotta say, um, the the voice of the Mad Hatter was uh, played by Roddy McDowell, okay. who did uh, Cor- he's most fam- famous for playing the, portraying the role of Cornelius from Planet of the Apes from the original oh, Planet of the Apes. Okay. Um, if you kind of hear the voice, you could definitely kind of get those similarities. You know I'm an Apes fan. <laughs> I love my Apes movies. And uh, he's he's in he's also that t- television host in Fright Night, if you ever seen that. I've seen that. That only, I don't know. I've seen it a while ago. It's this uh, it's a vampire movie. It's Pretty Ooh. good though. It's a good vampire movie. It's a decent eighty solid uh, flick. I would I would recommend it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember liking it. So, um, and um, Alice was voiced by Kimberly Robinson. Kimberly Robinson. Um, she is most known for Twin Peaks, and I guess she was in Honey yeah. I Shrunk the Kids as like the next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give more appreciation to the voice talent that they have, and I guess um, uh, Roddy McDowell. Apparently, he was on an. Uh, Adam West t- television series as the bookworm, um, which is pretty interesting. I guess him and Adam West are the only um, characters who are the crossed over to the two series. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't really know too much about the bookworm. It sounds like a villain that yeah, was made up for I mean, that dude, series. Like in the Adam West series, they 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 battled King Tut. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I say that with quotation yeah, marks. Exactly. That was a weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally a Wizard of Oz situation. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. With the Adam West show, I never really watched. You weren't like, afraid to get weird with it. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, Vincent Price played the Egghead or something like that. Like they had these all these made, yes, they, all, they had this all these made up like whimsical characters. Yeah, yeah, that no, exactly. Yeah, that was keeping it light. Once they someone for Batman to disco with. Uh, yeah, even though they, which they had all these comic book characters that they could have put on the show, but they made up their own. You know, which is fun. You know. It would have been nice to see a uh, '66 Poison Ivy or Two Face. That would have been yeah, pretty cool. That would have been interesting. But there's that animated film that came out recently with uh, William Shatner portraying oh, yeah. um, Two Face. Like, really? Yeah, really? yeah. It's I think it's Adam West's last. Oh, Batman I remember like, hearing about this. Yeah, with a. The kind of like homage uh, animation to the OG. Yeah, show. yeah. I remember it's seeing like that, the original yeah. voice actors and everything, and they got William Shatner to be. That's pretty cool. Um, Two Face, which definitely fits with that period of actors and everything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a live action William Shatner Two Face. So uh, well, <laughs> I don't know about William Shatner today. 
Oh no, I'm I'm just ta- I'm talking about like in '66 yeah, Batman. Like if if you're talking like Captain Jim Kirk uh, is Two Face, sure. Yeah, that's what not, I'm, I'm talking about. OG. Not the judge from Dodge. No, I'm not. Th- I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about for OG '66 Batman. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been. What I would have watched. That would have sure. been amazing. But um, so flip this coin, Batman. <laughs> no, decide your fate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know this 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 feature this like little short um i think it's a pretty solid flick and i i I love how the end like it goes into storybook land Mm. and there's kind of there there is like a storybook land that's kind of close to us there's oh yeah in new york i mean you know i i talk about uh, (laughs) apparently this hidden wonder storyland that i believe is in new hampshire i don't know i was a child i wasn't doing the driving at the time okay maybe we're talking about the same thing no, well, the one the one I I was talking about is one is um, the, the I forget what it's called. It's in Lake George. There's like this little um, amusement park, Storyland or something like that, and you can walk through and there's all these storybooks and everything like that. Maybe these storybooks. Lake like, George. I don't know. I mean, again, I hadn't been there since I was like the tiny, tiniest child in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. I know there's also which is young, young, young. I forget what the one in Lake George is called, but I know in Great Escape, which is also. In Lake no, George, no, no. I'm getting close to us. There's a portion, yeah, which is pretty close to us. We're in the capital region, um, but there is this portion of Great Escape, which is from the older park that was there originally. It had a different name before Six Flags bought it out. They had like these little houses that were for like little kids, oh, like yeah, they sure. go through. Like, Welcome to Miss Muffet's Mushroom yeah. House or whatever the fuck. And they have this Alice in Wonderland. Like, I would say, like, kind of pathway going to the tree, and it looks like you're kind of, like, falling through and getting sucked in, and then it starts uh, out with, like, weird, um, yeah. Alice on the chair with the little, oh, eat little your cake, eating curds and whey or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty neat. When I watch this episode, it kind of reminds me of that kind of feel. Oh, like, this is kind of like a real tangible it's place I've been yeah. to. And Lewis Carroll. What um, a ride he took back. <laughs> yeah. I think Mad Hatter is, like, uh, one of the. Batman villains that's not really well talked about. Like, I think he's a great foil for He's pretty for subtle. Him, you know? And he I, did have a little bit of a resurgence in Batman Arkham Origins. There was some DLC mm. that dealt with him. And that was a, a, a stylized Mad Hatter. You've played those games. You're kind of familiar yeah, with he's a, he was in uh, He was in City. I guess he was... Oh, was in, he in City? Yeah, I didn't he's play in City. City. He's in Night. He's in Night 2. He's oh, like a side quest. Um, the side quest in I've only I played what parts. I'm told is the worst one, Origins. Yeah, Origins is the worst one. But it's, <laughs> okay, it's still pretty person. good. It's yeah, still yeah, pretty it's good. The worst Batman game. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the Batman game is still a Batman game. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, Origins is pretty solid. I don't even remember the Mad Hatter in Origins. To be yeah, honest. I, don't I don't know. I could be remembering. I didn't play the DLC. I just saw a thing for it. I saw the trailer okay. for it. Okay. I'll have to, to be honest, like, I, have, I played Origins so long ago. Like, I would replay City and Arkham Asylum. Oh, so many times. I just remember it because that was I my favorite interpretation it. of Bane. Bane was oh, really good. Oh yeah, that one. that's that's probably the best interpretation of Bane throughout all the games. And, and also, who does the Joker in that one? I think it's uh, Troy Baker. Yeah, Troy yeah. Baker, he's man, really king good. of video game voices. He sounds like he's doing his a Mark Hamill impersonation, well, I mean, impersonation in, which is the greatest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is the greatest and Joker voice. Certainly, ever. and that Joker was certainly akin to mm-hmm. the Batman the animated series Joker slash Justice League Joker. You know, Mark Hamill's Joker. Right. Oh, it has, Mark Hamill's Joker has been a standard for Jokers, you know, for the longest time. And he's kind of stuck in that pigeonhole anyway because it's an Arkham oh, yeah. series, so he has to do the Mark Hamill. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's supposed to. It's supposed to remind. Going back to like the artwork from uh, uh, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Yeah, it, it it 
harkens back to that sort of classic animated Batman. No, I, yeah, I do have to agree. And I love how Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill do reprise their roles in uh, the Arkham series. Oh, yeah, they do. Great. They do do that. Um, but the final confrontation in Storybook Land, I think it's mm. pretty fun. Mad Hatter reveals that once he con- mind controls people, that their strength kind of enhances. Like I looked into this. This is actually physically possible. Okay. There's a part of your brain that kind of forces you to hold back your all-out strength. Uh, so as not to damage your body. And this is sort of an explanation as to why zombies can rip open your stomach. But, like, you know, thinking about that, like, it'd be be difficult to rip open a human stomach. But zombie, apparently in zombie movies, the justification is that because they have, you know, parts of their brain are shut off, they can just, like, you know, use all their strength, all the strength of the body, you know, holds barred. So that's, you could, there is an argument that maybe the hypnosis process that uh, the Mad Hatter uses... Uh, disables that part of the brain, the part of the brain that's uh, more associated with self-preservation. Because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, when they have that hat on, all they want to do is appease the Mad Hatter's will. I was thinking about that too, and I was wondering if it was just goes back to like kind of the reptile brain, the brain with <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the exactly. Kind it's of the like, instinctual brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you just use that the bo- brain, the brain is telling you not to damage yourself. But mm-hmm. if that, you know, if your brain is no longer working for you, you know. Why would right. that system be on? Yeah, if you just secluded to the reptile brain, would yeah, you just yeah, yeah. like enhance your strength? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I th- I find that pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, like it's pretty cool that. stuff. It made me think. It made me think. Like, hell, how does the brain work, and how would that make sense? And he takes all the characters from uh, Alice in Wonderland, and he uses them. Makes a reality. Yeah, he makes it a reality. So Billy, Alice's girl, uh, Alice's boyfriend, yeah. is I think he's one he's like the, the carpenter. No, oh, yeah, he he's is the, the frog. He's the frog in the suit, and. Mm-hmm. I think the frog is a reference to the book because I think in the movie it was the lizard with a ladder, right? Yeah, the lizard is in both the book and the. Um, oh, and, okay. So the, the, the frog. I don't remember the, the frog, frog in the movie. No, there's no there's the I frog. The f- I know the frog in the book is just kind of like an offhand. He's like a side note, like he eats the a queen's tarts or something oh, like sure. that. <laughs> the the frog isn't really a main character. He is a guard at the the queen uh, yeah, okay. castle. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty neat. Like I love the big cartoonish head of the carpenter when he's yeah. going right after Batman. Mixolpidolic you know? style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he is human size. But the, I, I think the confrontation at the end was pretty fun. I love the mm, setting and yeah, everything. Yeah. That's when Kevin, you know, Kevin Conroy with Batman basically says, "You just turned this girl into mm-hmm. a soulless doll." Yeah, yeah. And that's sense. when it hits him. But then he still fights for. It. He's like, "Whatever. Yeah, this is my fantasy world. I live in it." You know, you're the is, one ruining things. Yeah. You forced my hand. I think is his yeah. exact words. You forced me to do this. And I, I, I like how he kind of sings t- uh, the twinkle, twinkle, little bat to him, like oh, as yeah. an intimidation tactic. You know, well, how I wonder what you're. At. Yeah, which is what he's saying during the. The Mad Hatter Tea Party right. in the book, um, and finally the Mad Hatter kind of pushes over the deck of cards. It's like a which space. he had about a thousand years yeah. to get out of the way. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember watching that scene and it's sort of being like, "Oh no, here it comes!" Right. Ah, and then it falls on him. He had so much time to get out of the way of those cards or push them back. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he, he could have at least jumped. But you could say it's a maze. Maybe it was a yeah, corner piece. Yeah, whatever. It was a corner sure. piece. He didn't maze. see it. He couldn't jump. I'm just, didn't I, jump in yeah, time. It was. It was a funny moment, and the plot required it. I don't. Don't get me wrong, but I, just, I remember watching that and thinking, "Are you kidding me, Batman?" 
And then you you look. This is when the Mad Hatter pins um, Batman down with like this deck of cards. Yeah, it gets you him think, under the. You think he's actually gonna win over, win the day and actually get Batman, but that's when he gets. Well, you know, it looks yeah. like he, it he, sure has does a, look he definitely like it. has an upper hand there. You know, but this is Batman. He has a high ground. He's got a batarang. For, he's got. The high <laughs> But he's got a batarang for every situation, Batman, so... And then he throws it at the Jabberwocky... Like, oh, yeah, that's right! It was the Jabberwocky. That, the, that, that he crushed. him at the end. Yeah. You know? And then that's when um, Alice is embraced by her boyfriend, her fiancé, Billy. Yeah. And then you see this depressing, sad look on this mm-hmm. fellow, and you almost feel bad for him, you know? Like, yeah, he's... Uh, he, yeah. he's and then he's like... He sings the mock turtle dance. Oh, yeah. Couldn't join the dance. Yeah, could not and join he, the dance. And he was like, like... It's like such a flip-flop of mm-hmm. how he used it earlier. Like, yeah. oh, would you do- join the dance with Oh, yeah, he was all Alice excited. When, he, when yeah. he's dancing with her... Um, I think he was dancing with her at Storyland. Mm-hmm. So, it, and then it ends with the Mock Turtle song, and then you, it comes, it, like, right it, it like pans to this Mock Turtle, the Mock Turtle statue crying, you're like, oh. Oh, he's and, sad. And I actually know this song from this episode um, first than the book, you know, oh, because yeah. I well, would watch you probably this. don't know the song from the book. You probably know well, the song from the movie. I don't think no, it's not in the movie. Oh, is it not? No, they're being the mock turtle. Oh, so it's like a like a Tolkien song. Yeah, they wrote it. In yeah, they, they wrote it in the book. Okay. And, um, the 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 mock turtle and the Griffin. That's what that scene is from. What that song is from. Okay. Uh, that's all cut out of the movie. Which um, yeah. I think it makes sense why they cut it out. Um, yeah, it's for children. Well, I mean, the Alice in Wonderland, the Disney production, is actually really really faithful to this uh, oh. the book itself and mm. I was actually how really surprised how faithful it was they cut out little parts like when this uh, the this from the duchess like the baby this baby turns into a pig and runs off and the griffin mm. at the end but uh, what the what the part with the griffin at the end this is when Alice is already at the queen of hearts castle and then mm, she yeah, runs yeah. off to, to talk to the mock turtle and then she goes back to the <laughs> castle to have the core court scene at the end so oh, it just yeah, makes sure. sense to cut that out entirely yeah yeah might as well just get to the nitty gritty yeah just get to the point especially I mean it's an adaptation with a movie so it does make sense why yeah, they yeah. did that but um yeah, so, I mean, that's mad as a hatter. I don't know if you have any um, final The one thing I wanted to talk about, about that I thought was really cool was uh, the way that uh, some character roles were designed. Um, the uh, uh, teaches, or Tetch's boss, uh, Cates, something Cates? Yeah, um, Marcy Cates. Marcy Cates. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Marissa. Marissa, Marissa Cates. Yeah. Uh, in Storybook Land, he designates her as the Red Queen when he puts the uh, the mind control device yeah, on do, her. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy And that. she's, uh, if you notice in the office, she's always wearing red. And every time she talks to Teach, she makes some sort of like metaphor involving heads. Like when you know he doesn't present his new findings, she says, uh, "You got off easy this time, but the next time I catch you slacking off, heads will roll." Or you know, when she gets the phone call, like. Uh, you know, if I find out you got this department in trouble, I'll have your head. And then she's the Red Queen, yeah. who famously yells off with her off, head. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it took me two watches to point that out. And I think yeah, there's that's a, a nice little detail that they put in that, in that series for sure. Yeah, and I think there's a solid argument for saying the two uh, the two random thugs in the park are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh yeah, just because they're I, so I obviously even, stupid. I never even you know? thought of that. Yeah, that's like actually... oh, there goes Batman. <laughs> hey, let's immediately rob somebody. <laughs> that's actually if really... Batman's in the area. No, well, Batman actually wasn't there when when they were going to rob the Mad Hatter. The, Didn't the, they see the Batmobile drive by or something? Um, the Batmobile drove by after. That's that's when he's like oh, yeah. heading towards them, like 
gonna commit suicide jumping oh, off yeah. the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Batman gets a recognition, like like these guys are kind of heading right towards Batman. They're gonna push him off the bridge, and they do. They succeed. Yeah. And they're like, we have to do what Mister Hat says. Yeah, yeah. And then they <laughs> yeah. just fall off, and then that's when Batman gets this like backlighter that he kind of like. Hey. It's, it's not really attached to his. It's not his cape. Oh it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like an extra set of wings. Yeah, yeah. That kind of, it looks like something the Wright brothers made. It does. <laughs> like, it does. That you'd use in DLC for Assassin's Creed it, too. Yeah, it almost looks like like a Da Vinci. Yeah, exactly. Like design exactly. Or something like that. Oh my gosh! Okay. That was Batman. That was Batman. <laughs> that was Robert Pattinson riding through the graveyard on his new motorcycle. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's a pretty solid argument that those two are your Tweedledee and Tweedledum yeah, yeah, just because they're so, like, immediately, hey, sorry, man, we didn't mean no, nothing that's a, that's, buy it. That's, that's really interesting. I actually wouldn't have put that together. And I, I love, I gotta say, I love the title card of this. It's just like the Mad Hatter at the mm-hmm. tea party. And I gotta say, all the title cards of Batman animated series, top-notch, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know um, a lot of this, the animation style was... Uh, Inspired by the Max Fleischer Superman serial, which I understand you haven't seen any, which is really <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, um, they're all. Well, I was born in 1993, man. I missed it. I, th- I mean, they're all, f- they're all. Fr- how I saw those was on VHS. Uh, like yeah, that's sure. like, you know, I was kind of born during the VHS era. Or oh like, yeah. So that's how I seen them, and I don't know, like the animation style comparatively. If I'm, if I want to compare and be nitpicky. Um, and be like a. Archie Snob. Um, <laughs> definitely the Superman, the Max Fleischer series from the 1940s is a lot smoother, you know, with the oh, movements yeah. and stuff. But they use, to be fair, they use the rotoscope uh, animation. Like, they trace over, like, live action actors. Oh, it's not yeah. like they did that with Projector Batman. Projector stuff. It's not like they actually did that with Batman the Animated Series. So, like, yeah. I mean, you could definitely see the, the tie-ins. And I gotta say, like, the angles... There's a lot of dynamic angles. Um, I, I, I especially noticed in the beginning when the Mad Hatter's like kind of talking about like how he conducted this like grand monument to science and like it, there's these Dutch angles and well not Dutch angles. There's these low angles like pointing right straight up from them and there's all these interesting kind of comic book style angles that you wouldn't see in a live action film. You yeah. Know? Which I do commend them for doing. You know, I, I I wish you actually see more interesting angles like that and. In movies today, which you, you kind of yeah, you know, do every for, once in a while, somebody some makes a, a a cool camera angle, like the like the hallway fights from the Netflix Daredevil shows. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Uh, they were pretty famous really for their. They have got a lot of continuous action shots in okay. those shows that get a lot of praise. Like I mean, I. I I, I've been hearing a lot of good things about him, but like now it seems like they're not even. Well, yeah, I guess it's a moot point now because it's like not. They said it was gonna be canon, but it's not. It's yeah. I thought it was part of the MCU. It is, it not? but like it's only a part of the, they are. They're the only ones that make references to the MCU. Uh, the MCU okay. does not reciprocate. Nobody talks right. about Daredevil. Nobody in Shield talks about Daredevil or Luke Cage or any of them. Oh, uh, that kind of sucks. It does suck. Oh well, I mean. I yeah, they're moving everything to Disney Plus now. Maybe I mean, you know, there's no way they can make the same show now, but no. which is yeah, yeah hopefully they get the same. Great job. Hopefully they get the same actors. Yeah, I mean, I I doubt they'll do it like yeah. that. I doubt there'll, there'll be huge legal issues if they do that. I bet. Were there? Well, I mean, you know, because the problem is like you know, Netflix still owns you know, the right. Show. Yeah, they that, yeah they license that. That's still their right. intellectual property, right. so to speak. Well. It's, 
you know what the good thing even though marvel's kicking dc's ass in movies <laughs> um the good thing about dc they own all their characters so you can see the, you can see the characters it's in, fair it's, um, there's, there's a there's no a, contract a comfortable consistency yeah. that marvel fans haven't enjoyed for a long time yeah but i can't say any of that has been of quality um, well, what I see, I mean, well, I got uh, no, no. That's we like Shazam. I love Shazam was great. I would love the, I would love to talk about Shazam again. I was I get an excuse to watch that again. I watched yeah. it twice and I enjoyed it both, both times. times. So. Same. Um, and Wonder Woman's good. The ending was pretty bad, but the, well, the, yeah, they did the they did that superhero trope. It was, it was like so oh, superpower CGI beatdown. It was awful to round it out. Oh, but yeah, anyway, that's the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that that's Mad as a Hatter. <laughs> uh, the only thing I want to touch upon since we kind of talked about the Arkham games, um, Paul Dini, the writer, you know, a writer for a lot of uh, Batman the animated series, has wrote both Arkham. What was it? Ark- What's the first one? Arkham Asylum? Arkham Asylum. He wrote Arkham Ar- City. Yeah, Arkham Asylum Arkham City. But he didn't write Arkham Knight. So I think that's, that's where, what, yeah, things changed hard. Yeah, and I think that's where kind of the story kind of is severely lacking. Mm. I don't know why they didn't get Paul Dini back. If you guys know, let us know. I want to I say down in the comments if below. You, if but you know or are Paul yeah, Dini. If you're Paul Dini, let us know why you didn't write ba- Batman Arkham make a, Knight. Make a Reddit about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet at us. I would, no, I, I, I'm actually thoroughly curious yeah. why they didn't if get If you got back. some insider information, let us know. Yeah, no, definitely let us know. So, um, yeah, that's, so that's Matt as a header. I guess we'll go and do the closing and that will be an episode. Suppose we shall. This was Josh from Batyard Productions sending you off up, up, and away until next Batyard's finest episode. Becoming super friends. One episode at a time. I'm Batman.